We're glad that you're here and uh, take your Bibles. We're going to go back to Acts chapter 2 tonight. Uh, it's been one of those days, uh, didn't know where to go for tonight, but couldn't find anything else, so we'll stick with Acts chapter 2, what we started with this morning. But uh, God is real, and God is blessing, and God wants to fill his people with his Holy Spirit. God wants his people to be witnesses here in this world that we live in. And if we want to be filled with the Spirit of God, we've got to be willing to do what God wants us to do with that filling. I'm going to uh, begin reading uh, once again in verse 1. I preached the first four verses this morning, but... I'm going to read it all so we can tie it together here. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? How hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Perga and Pamphylia and Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Serene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, do we hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others smoking said, these men are full of new wine. Pray with me, please. Fathers, we stand in your presence tonight. We come to ask you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will just take us and use us tonight. Father, we pray that you will just illuminate our mind and on our lips and help us to speak your word in a way that will be pleasing to you. Father, we pray that as it goes out, that it will touch the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls, and Lord, that someone would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, we pray for our churches, not only here, but across this nation, Lord, that, Father, that we would once again become spirit-filled churches, Lord, full of spirit-filled people that are willing to go out and share the good news with people that we come in contact with. And Father, we pray today that your will would be done. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Holy Spirit, Jesus had promised that he would send him. We find in these first four verses this morning where the Holy Spirit came. And it filled all of those that were there in that room. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I know that... Uh, Many times there's all kinds of debates about speaking in tongues and those kind of things, and I, I'm not going to get into that, but it happened. 
people could hear the gospel in their own language. And that's an amazing thing. And I think that's something that every person needs to be able to do, to hear the gospel in their own language. There's lots and lots of places in our world today that still hasn't had the gospel preached to them in their own language. I was fortunate to be able to help a, a missionary out here not, not too long ago, maybe a year or so ago. He spoke at a meeting that I was in, and there's a little country way down in, in South America. Back up, a group of people back up on a mountaintop that they don't have a printed Bible in their language. They don't have anything in their language, really. They were so far back in there. And this missionary came upon a, a, an item that I thought was a good deal. It was a tape recorder that was uh, not operated on batteries because they were so far back in there they couldn't get batteries, but it had a little crank on it where you could crank up a spring in it and it would play the tape. And they had placed the Bible on tape in their language. And for $20, he said, I can take one of these recorders and leave it with them and they can hear the Bible in their own language. Well, I jumped at that. I, I was glad to, to pay to, to help the gospel get to a group of people that had never heard it before in their own language. And I, I suppose that there's, there's certain people all over the place like that. Now, in, in verses one through four, we find the Holy Spirit coming and filling all the people that were there in that room, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Look at verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews. Well, we'd think they'd be Jews dwelling in Jerusalem, wouldn't we? But notice what it was. The Bible says it was these men were devout men. They were very devoted to God. They were men who, who would travel great distances to come and do what God had asked them to do on these special days. And it says they were out of every nation under heaven. Now, uh, the word dwelling there, that, that indicates they, they owned a home there. And these probably were businessmen that traveled to other countries. And they would come to Jerusalem at these certain times of the years, and they, they probably had a home there somewhere that they would come and stay in and maybe invite their friends to come and stay with them. But the Bible says they were there at Jerusalem. They were Jews. They were followers of God. They, they knew God's laws. They knew God's will and God's way. They were devout men, which means they were devoted, but it says, out of every nation under heaven. Think about that. Think about the, the, uh, the timing of God here. How that at this particular time, these men from every nation under heaven, the, the whole known world, there were people there gathered in Jerusalem. Now they wasn't in that upper room. But notice what happens. It says, now this was noised abroad. What was noised abroad? 
the fact that the Holy Ghost had come down in that room among those people and, and everybody was speaking the gospel and everyone was hearing it in their own language. Word got out. It began to spread throughout the city of Jerusalem. And there may have been millions of people that had gathered in there for the Feast of Pentecost. And here these men, when this was noised abroad, it says, the multitude came together. They didn't all get in that little room that had 120 people in it. And they spilled out of that. It got out into a bigger place. The Bible doesn't say exactly where. But it says the multitude came together. Word began to spread all over Jerusalem. Something is going on down there. Everybody is hearing the gospel in their own language. And they, the Bible says the multitude came together. And notice their reaction. And were confounded. They couldn't understand what was going on. You know, a lot of people try to understand God. They try to figure God out. They think that God has to do things the way they want it done. But I'll tell you something. God's pretty independent. He does things the way He wants it done. They were confounded. Why? Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. These men, even though they spoke the Hebrew language. They were from other countries. They had a native language there also. And here they're hearing everybody speaking. Every man heard them speak in his own language. Now some people says that this was gibberish. No, not so. It was language. If you were an English speaker, you would have heard it in English. If you were a Hebrew speaker, you would have heard it in Hebrew. If you were a German speaker, you'd heard it in German. Whatever your language was, God was communicating in whatever language people understood. I'm glad God loves us enough that he can cross language barriers and he can, he can break down those barriers that men sometimes erect. I don't know if you've ever had to use an interpreter to talk to other people or not, but sometimes it gets kind of aggravating. Sometimes you, you, you forget to stop and let the interpreter uh, speak, you know. I, I remember I took one guy to Ukraine and he'd never used an interpreter. And I told him, I said, now, brother, uh, when you get up to preach, I said, speak a sentence and then stop and let your interpreter interpret that. Well, I happened to be there. And he got up and he'd say one word and he'd look over at the interpreter and the interpreter would say, go ahead, go ahead. He'd say another word, look over at the interpreter, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> he finally caught on, <laughs> but, but it takes some practice to do that. But here, nobody was having to interpret. Every person was hearing it's in his own language. Verse 7 says, And they were all amazed and marveled. 
God has a way of amazing us, doesn't He? When He shows up, we should marvel at what He's doing. And they said one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? The disciples of Jesus were for, for the most part from Galilee. And these people that were hearing them, they recognized the fact that they were all Galileans. The Galileans evidently had a different kind of accent. They told Peter that his speech betrayed him. They tell me that the Galileans had a, I don't know what word you put on it, but a different accent, I'll just say it that way. Even though they were speaking the same language, When I moved to Michigan from Tennessee, I'd open my mouth and somebody would say, where are you from? Or you're from, you're from the South, aren't you? And when I stayed up there six years and moved back to Tennessee, you know what they'd say? You're a Yankee. You speak like a Yankee. Well, you learn to adapt. You learn to, unless you're going to get fun poked at you all the time to, to try to correct your grammar and do those kind of things. But here are these Galileans with that brogue or whatever they had in their voice. People could detect where they were from and it amazed them. They looked at each other and they said, are not all these guys from Galilee? But notice what else it says. How hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? These people were Jews, but yet they had been born in another country. And I want you to notice all of the different countries that are mentioned here. In verses 9 through 11. Parthians and Medes and Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, in Pontus, Asia, Perga, Pamphylia, in Egypt, parts of Libya, Cyrene, Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. If I counted it right, there's 17 different countries that are mentioned there. There were countries mentioned that was over in the Babylon area. There's countries mentioned there that was in Europe, such as Rome. There's countries that were mentioned there that were in Asia. There's countries there on the African continent. At least three continents were represented in these nations that were there. And they said... They speak in our tongues. What were they speaking? The wonderful works of God. Isn't that something? Man, they wasn't talking about the weather. They wasn't talking about their neighbors. They wasn't talking about all these people who have come in from out of town. They were talking about the wonderful works of God. Whatever they were saying was glorifying God. 
we could learn something from that. That our speech should be such as Christians that people can detect that we belong to Jesus. And that we talk about our Lord Jesus Christ with love in our hearts. And we talk to other people about Him with love in our hearts. We don't know all that these men were saying. But they were talking about God. Sharing the wonderful works of God. Maybe they were telling about creation. I don't know. Maybe they were telling about uh, how that God had done many things, bringing the flood in and those kind of things, the many works of God. But I have an idea. Mainly they were talking about God's Son who had died on the cross, who had given His life as a ransom for mankind's sin and who had arose from the dead and had, that they had seen Him, they had talked with Him and He had now ascended back to heaven and He had sent the Holy Spirit to fill them. I would imagine that's what they were talking about. They were all amazed. It was just amazing when they were hearing these men and women speak about the Lord. They were all amazed and were in doubt. Isn't it something? You can hear the truth about God, but the devil's always there to put doubt in your mind. They were amazed, and they were in doubt. And they said to each other, what's the meaning of this? Why is this happening? They couldn't understand it. They didn't expect to see that at the Feast of Pentecost. They had been there before, no doubt, and they, they'd come and ate and had a good time and went and rejoiced together and went back home. But this time it was different. This time they were confronted with something they'd never thought about being confronted with. They'd been confronted with the living Savior, Jesus Christ. But there was another group there, and they had a different idea. It says others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. I read that in another translation. It said these men are full of sweet wine. In other words, they were saying they're drunk. Sweet wine, as I understand it, you can drink it when it's freshly made and it won't make you drunk. But after a little while, it ferments, and it becomes very intoxicating. But he said, these men are full of new wine. Do you think the world ever misunderstands us as Christians? I think they do. But we've got to keep on loving them. We've got to keep on telling them about Jesus. We can't let them push us out of our role as witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Lord has placed us here for. That's why the church is still here, to bear witness to the fact that Jesus Christ is alive and that Jesus Christ can and will save them if they'll turn to Him. Many times we go off and get in our little cocoon 
Instead of being out there with a bold witness for the Lord, we crawl away in the corner somewhere and say hidden things getting awful bad. Well, let me tell you something. As I read my Bible, I don't think it's going to get any better here on this earth. I think it's going to grow worse and worse, really. But that doesn't give us an excuse to not be witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ. It ought to help us to bear down even more. Because we've got friends and neighbors and family members who are lost. We've got strangers that live all around us who are lost. The fields are white and ready unto harvest is what the Bible says. But the problem is the laborers are few. And Jesus said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. That's a prayer that we need to be praying very often and very diligently. And I'll be honest with you, I can't pray that prayer without making myself available to go and share with people what Jesus can do for them and what he's done for us. Now, this passage of Scripture doesn't end here, but it's a break, breaking point right there. So I, I'm going to call it a, a halt there tonight. And I realize that we've got business meetings, so I just want to say this in, in closing tonight. That if you're not being a witness for Jesus Christ... Would you consider coming to this altar tonight and repenting of your slackness in witnessing and asking Jesus to help you be the witness that He wants you to be? And would you ask Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit and use you to lead lost souls to Jesus Christ? Would you do that? Chris, do you have a hymn of invitation? Just come right on. But as God challenges your heart tonight, church, let's be God's people in action. Not just in word, but in action. He said, go into the fields. The fields are white and ready unto harvest. But the laborers are few. Will you volunteer to be a laborer for the Lord Jesus Christ? Father, we come to you tonight thanking you for the privilege just to call upon your name. Thanking you, Lord, for the privilege just to be in your house and proclaiming your word. And Father, I just come myself tonight and I just want to volunteer all over again to go out into the fields and be that witness for you that you want us to be. Forgive me for the times that I've failed to go. But Lord, fill me anew and afresh with your spirit. And Lord, send us forth into the harvest. And I pray that you'll Help people to have open and receptive hearts to receive the good news about Jesus and His love for them.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.